to the first ever edition of Niner Sports Talk, presented by Uptown Audio. My name is Bryson Foster, and I'm a sophomore here at UNC Charlotte. I'm also a communications major. At this time, I'm going to kick it to my co-host so he can introduce himself. My name is Bradley Cole, and I'm also a communications major here at UNC Charlotte. I am a junior, and I can't wait to be talking about Charlotte 49er sports with Bryson here and the rest of our co-host on Niner Sports Talk. And it's going to be an exciting first few weeks as we get to learn the ins and outs of the podcasting routine, if you will. Yeah, I agree with Brad there, but we are not the only hosts, like he said. Um, our other two co-hosts, Cameron Williams and Miles Rudder, will take over next week. So me and Brad will be on bi-weekly, so every other week. Uh, and let's get right into the show today. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, especially with the Charlotte 49ers game against UTEP yesterday. That was a conference USA game. We'll talk about the results of that game, some of the takeaways me and Brad got from it. And we'll also look ahead to Charlotte's game next week, probably the biggest game of Charlotte's football uh, life pretty much against the Duke Blue Devils. We'll also sprinkle in a little bit of news about women's and men's basketball. So, Brad, let's get right into uh, the three takeaways for the week. This will be um, one of the segments we do every time we are on. Uh, So, Brad, I'm going to give it to you first. What's the first takeaway uh, that you got from the Charlotte game yesterday? Obviously, you got to look at the offensive scoring by the Charlotte 49ers, winning 38 to 20 against UTEP. Second win in a row for the 49ers uh, overall and also against UTEP. Been a tough season, and obviously we're, we'll dig deep into the game, but I think you got to obviously look at the 38 points. Uh, the pretty big offensive day. Also, big offensive day as you kind of look at the defense as they struggled here and there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Brad. It was a great day for Charlotte scoring-wise. It looked like that for a while there, uh, but they turned it around. But a big thing for Charlotte, too, Brad said it, it's been a tough season. Games being canceled. No fans in the stands. Well, that all changed yesterday. Fans were back at Jerry Richardson Stadium. I was one of those fans. I was lucky to get to go. And we got to root on Charlotte to a win yesterday. There was about a 1,000 students, fans, and parents there yesterday at the game. And that was really fun to see. It was just great to be back watching a sporting event. It almost makes it feel as though this COVID pandemic is almost over. And we can get back to some of the more fun things in life. Talking about fun things, Brad, Charlotte brought something back yesterday that's a lot of fun for the fans and for the players. Obviously, Club Lit has been something that has been a big part of the 49ers resurgence, if you will. Will Healy brought that, introduced that last year as they won seven games and had Club Lit seven times. And yesterday was a socially distanced Club Lit for the 49ers who were back home for the first time in 336 days. Coach Healy went to the press conference and made it known to tell the journalists in the room and the Zoom press conference, if you will, that there was a socially distanced, more tamed club lit than previous years, but still fun nonetheless. Yeah, this was not the club lit where Will Healy throws his shirt off and dances on top of the lockers, but still pretty fun to see for sure. And Charlotte earned that win yesterday. 
Uh, it was not an easy win for the first three quarters, but that fourth quarter, they sure put a whooping on the miners for sure. So let's move into our next topic. Let's kind of break down this Charlotte game. You know, it was 14 to 14 at halftime, Brad. It was almost there. Felt like a little bit of upset could have happened uh, with UTEP. I, I would call it that. UTEP has improved a whole lot. Their defense, which is 15th ranked nationally in the top 15, held Charlotte pretty well. There was a little bit of, like we talked about before we recorded, a little bit of smack talk there between UTEP's defense and the Charlotte sideline, as well as UTEP's defense and the fans that were over there in the student section. Brad, 38 total points for Charlotte. That's got to be something to be proud of. They started with North Texas kind of getting on this offensive role with, I would say, struggling against FAU. Uh, only 10 points in the first half there. Brett, what do you take? This offense seems resurgent. Again, seems like they will put up tons of points for the rest of the season. What are your thoughts on 38 total points yesterday against UTEP? Well, it's huge. You have to think, you know, you're looking at uh, the past games. Offense is, is everything when the defense sometimes, uh, you know, loses a few few touchdowns here and there. Uh, 38 points. Um, and Coach Ely made it known to say, look, sloppy game. Maybe wasn't the best four quarters of football, but they found a way to win. And that's the most important thing. And a, an important stat to also kind of look at the last nine possessions Charlotte has in the red zone, the last nine possessions they have converted, which is huge because when you allow so many points in a game, sometimes you have to realize you have to convert when you need it most. And that's in the red zone. So I think that moving forward, especially with this upcoming game against Duke, being efficient in the red zone is going to be a big thing. And Obviously, the balance of rushing and passing is the biggest takeaway I take from this game. Yeah, I agree with you there. Also, looking at the spread offense for the Niners, over 100 yards passing and receiving. Chris Reynolds, 14 to 23 on the day, 185 passing through the air and two touchdowns. And Chris Reynolds just made some plays yesterday that if you're UTEP, that defense is definitely shaking their head. The bad snap there for Chris Reynolds picks the ball up runs out of the pocket and throws a touchdown. The student section went crazy. And that just shows how uh, great Chris Reynolds is as a quarterback. He is really, I don't even know what to say. He's really remarkable. Some of the plays he makes. Also receiving, you know, I would say Victor Tucker got going. And that was a big thing. Victor has, I would say, not had the stats that he had last year. Neither has Cam Dollar. And both of them came up big with touchdown catches. Yesterday, I think the big thing is the, the receiving game there, don't you think, Brad? Victor Tucker, 86 yards receiving, Dollar, 27 yards receiving. It's good to see those two who really last year came up with some big plays back to, I would say, their old forms. When you have a duo like that, you got to be happy. And especially when you have a quarterback like Chris Reynolds, I know you mentioned a couple of his plays, but you know, obviously, kind of the slingshot throw I saw, Patrick Mahomes ask, if you will kind of getting to the left side or right side, getting to the side of the field and really getting away from the defense and just slinging one down the field. Those types of plays, Cameron Dollar and Victor Tucker have to be happy having a quarterback like Chris Reynolds because it makes things easier, especially when you might be struggling throughout the season. And not to say they, 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 they've, had, they've had their, their times this year, but definitely moving forward with Chris Reynolds, it's going to be big to have a veteran calling the plays back there. Yeah, also, you know, you talk about the receivers being happy to have Chris Reynolds. Well, Chris Reynolds is sure is happy to have a really good running game. 
he's really happy to have Aaron McAllister back there. Aaron McAllister had eight carries yesterday for 68 yards. And he also, the real big stat there, uh, he had two touchdowns on the ground. It's really good to see the running game for Charlotte. And that's really opening things up for Chris Reynolds, wouldn't you say, Brad? I would say, yeah, I would definitely say that because it gives Chris Reynolds, who's had some injuries this year, gives him some breathing room, uh, gives him some rest as well to kind of say, okay, I can hand the ball off and then I can do what I need to do in the passing game because he's going to take those big hits no matter how good of an O-line you have. And I think it's also important to note they have a younger offensive line, two freshmen there, and that offensive line has always been strong with their running game. It's also been strong with it. Obviously, last year, Benny LeMay had a great season and went to the NFL, on the practice squad with the Cleveland Browns now. I think having a running game is huge, but also... Being able to spread the ball around is what Coach Ely loves to do. Mix it up, not just rely on one part of your of your game. Trey Harbison, running back, graduate transfer from Northern Illinois, has been a big addition. Maybe not every single game, but he is a durable back. He uh, is someone you can give it on third down and you know get get those tough yards, that type of deal. And moving forward, Chris Reynolds is going to really like to have that getting to the later part of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. That's something Will Healy always talks about and the press conferences, how excited he is about this progression of this offensive line with Ashton Gist and and Panda there, some really good players on that offensive line. And that's something that Charlotte needs to keep Chris Reynolds upright. But let's move away from the offense. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball. One man yesterday, probably tired of hearing his own name after how many times it was announced. It got to the point where they were going, you guessed it. It was Ben DeLuca again on the tackle. Ben DeLuca, nine total tackles yesterday. Eight of those were solo tackles. That's huge right there. A lot weren't assisted. He was all over the field yesterday. And that was a big boost for the Niners. Over 300 tackles in his career at Charlotte. Second on that list. And he could very well break it. Brad, what do you think about Ben DeLuca yesterday? Man, love seeing Ben DeLuca out on the field after that injury last year. And he is sure making these offenses pay. No, I remember coming into the season, Ben DeLuca, you know, definitely had something. He definitely had a chip on his shoulder because all of these players have dealt a lot of stop and go. And, you know, he was getting ready, rehabbing, and then boom, the pandemic happens. He's got to go home. He's got to train on his own. Ben DeLuca is one of those guys that definitely got something stripped away from him last year when he got hurt in the early part of the season. And this year it's been something to prove and he's just game in and game out. He's been something that a a guy you can look towards for a tackle or something, you know, he's all over the field. You look at the highlights, look at the film, he's just popping up everywhere. And I've also, you know, sometimes I have to grab Ben DeLuca off the field because he's just down on the, you know, taking extra reps and he'll come to the press conferences, just dripped in sweat because he just wants it that bad. And I think that you know, it's something Coach Healy admires about him and knows that him being uh, one of the older guys on the team who's been there for a while, it is just for, for culture reasons and for our talent reasons, Ben DeLuca has been one of the better stories this year on that 49er football team. Yeah, I agree with you. So also stats, Nafis Lyon gets eight total tackles. Luke Martin, who had been dealing with injury, six total tackles. Bryson Whitehead got into the action. Five total tackles as well. Tyler Murray definitely has been huge for the Niners this year. Led the Niners in tackles coming into yesterday. He only had three tackles in his debut here in Charlotte, but he didn't really have to do a whole lot because Ben DeLuca was all over the field. 
Kyler Murray, though, I have to say this, Brad, he's been a great signing for the Niners. Um, he has been really a leader on that defense, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Murray has been one of those guys that has kind of complimented Ben DeLuca and the, the rest of those the, those new additions, if you will. You have Anton Williams, who's also been a big guy on that defense. And then you have other guys even on the front seven. as Mar- Marquise Watts, who is now uh, entering the late, later stage of his career and having that ability to have all these different guys just all over the field has been huge. And it's going to be you know, very, very, very key to have a veteran defense as they've struggled here and there. It's going to be very key to have those veterans moving forward, you know, this season. Yeah, that's a great point there. Man, this football team looks really good after two losses to start the year with App and FAU. Charlotte looks like they may give Marshall a little bit of a challenge there later on. Uh, Marshall right now first um, in the football standings here for the CUSA on the east side. Charlotte's right behind them, and uh, Charlotte will be scary later on in the year for sure. Now, moving on to our next segment, we're going to talk about some basketball news. Brad, you said you had some big news from this week, especially this basketball season. I'm sure the staff and players are ready to get back out on the court. Yeah, obviously, things are going to be starting a little bit later this year. Uh, NCAA announced back in, I believe it was September, that college basketball will be starting November 25th which is about a month later than usual. They're usually starting on October 25th around that, that time. So it's definitely very different. You're not going to have all these pregame preseason tournaments in these different countries and kind of like the fun part of the season. And obviously looking at the 49ers, the women's team just started practice last week or so, and they, they've been getting going there and been successful. But the men's team is out due to COVID-19. They had a cluster on the team, about seven cases, I believe it was that uh, seven cases of COVID-19. So a little bit of delay for them. They've really not been able to hit the practice floor yet. And that's going to be huge because, you know, you're getting towards the end of October. Uh, they should be hitting the court, the, the court soon. It's been about a week, almost two weeks since those, those positive tests came out. So it'll be interesting to see how they look in the early part of the season, because it's a lot different when you lose seven players. Like say, if you were to lose seven players on a football team, yeah, like what a 50 man roster. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, you're losing half your team. And that's something that you're really going to have to look at. How are we going to prep us for what if this happens in mid-January when we're making strides to the postseason and we lose two or three guys? How are we going to come together as a team mentally? And we're going to find guys and where we're going to find talent. You know, where can we get those big shots? So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the, the men's team really learns from this period. And I think they'll do well. I mean, they, you know. Last year, they, you know, they both, both the women's and the men's team missed out on the postseason and they both had very good seasons and the men's team was 16 win season. So it'll be interesting to see how they use some of that momentum from last year. A lot of new faces. They have Jameer Young coming back, who was a great, great freshman last year. You can't ask for much more. It's almost like he's a veteran this year because his name was talked about so much last year. Reminds me a lot of uh, Ben DeLuca, if you will, with this, the, the, the work ethic and someone who you hear about a lot. Yeah. Uh, on to that, I got to sit down with uh, head coach Ron Sanchez, and he was fired up about this recruiting class that they got this year. Freshman's Cameron Bird. You have Jaron Garcia, Jackson Threadgill. He's really fired up. And, and I agree with you. Jameer Young was such a great freshman last year. And Coach Sanchez really said, you know, he, he, he came out of nowhere and he wanted to prove. And I think with this class, 
you have two or three Jameer Youngs ready to go. And I think Jameer Young is going to step up into an even bigger leadership role this year. And also another guy we haven't talked about much yet, Jordan Shepard, is also returning. He had a good year last year, and he's going to be ready to lead these guys. And I'm excited to see what happens with this team. I think last year they exceeded expectations. I think that's fair to say. And they're ready to go play in the CUSA Conference Tournament. That's what Coach Sanchez said that they missed out on when I sat down with them earlier in the year. He said that's what he missed, and that's what hurt the most. That was the biggest loss, more than the season getting canceled, that they worked so hard and didn't get there. They're going to be fired up, and they're going to win a lot of games, and they're going to get on the map. And this Charlotte basketball program will be a big stop here in North Carolina for people to come and see. What do you think, Brad? Do you think that they are ready to go step up into the spotlight and be one of the better teams in the state of North Carolina? When Sanchez came from Virginia, you know, an obviously very stout basketball team program, and, you know, he was on the coaching staff there. I think he, that's all he had in mind, but I think he knew there's, there's, there's a process towards that. There's, you know, this is not going to happen in the first year. And now going into his third season, he has a group of guys that he's kind of been able to pick and he's been able to really, you know, have these connections, if you will. That's everything for, for a coach, especially when you have a basketball team, you know, a lot smaller, the connections, you know, all the guys, you see them every single day, you're right there coaching them. I think that little by little, they're going to get Charlotte back on the map. Obviously back in the seventies and whatnot, in the eighties, Charlotte was a big uh, basketball name, final four appearance back in the seventies. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, how these guys react to this different year, but still there's business to be done. Um, there's still success. Uh, there, there's still there's still a lot of things that you, that, that was left undone from last year. So you're gonna, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder as they should. Yeah, I think that's uh, good to see. That's a good little preview for the basketball team. We're excited to have them back. But let's hop right back into football. Let's look ahead this week. Charlotte's got a huge game, which we talked about earlier. The two and two Niners travel to Durham to face the one and five Duke Blue Devils. It's on Halloween and seven thirty. Seven thirty start time. It's gonna be a little spooky. Yeah, I have to say that, too. It's going to be a spooky for Duke, I hope. I hope that they're scared to play us. But anyways, let's really look ahead here. A lot of fans may not know much about Duke's team. Brad, me and you have to say Chase Bryce has uh, had an up and down year here for Duke, but he, he's definitely been good for them. The one stat that scares me is those 11 interceptions. When they play, he's thrown for 1,461 yards this year on the season, but Duke has just not been good. So we talked about it before, before the show, but I think what you have to realize is this guy, Chase Bryce, who came from uh, Clemson. And obviously there's a certain someone there, NFL talent who's at the helm there. And so you have Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, Chase Bryce obviously transfers up to Duke and he, he's, you know, was a big guy coming out of high school and he had a lot of talent around him and, it's really hard because Duke, you know, doesn't have that talent necessarily. And obviously this year they've only faced ACC opponents. So they've had a tough schedule nonetheless, as has Charlotte. And both these, both these teams uh, really could use a win here and Duke could really use a, a confidence booster. And I think Charlotte can use uh, this win because it'd be one of the biggest, biggest wins of their, their, their football career. I mean, you know, up, up to now, their biggest win, I would say, is Marshall. Last year, be, beating Marshall at home to go to be a bowl eligible 
which capped out an amazing five-game stretch they had in the season. But they got this win. They're getting a win against an ACC team. May not be a powerhouse ACC team, but it's still an ACC team nonetheless. So there's both of these teams are going to be hungry for a win. Yeah, Chase Bryce has thrown for 200 yards in almost every game. Still hasn't been enough for the Blue Devils in most games. But Charlotte, the defense, I will say this, struggled against UTEP. Deion Hankins, the freshman, ran over 100 yards. And it seems that maybe the rush defense has struggled this year. But for Duke, behind Chase Bryce, is senior running back Deion Jackson, 446 yards, two touchdowns this year for him. The run game is definitely going to set it up for Chase Bryce. Brad, what do you think? Do you think uh, Deion Jackson has a good game? And uh, Charlotte does need to be concerned, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think Charlotte, you know, this week is going to be defense, 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 right? Because Charlotte has done well on the offensive side of the ball. They put up points, even put up points against Appalachian State, a, a great program built that's building up, been building up there for quite a while now. And they put up points. I don't think that's really the issue because they have plenty of threats on offense, but it's can these big guys on defense like Anton Williams and um, Ben DeLuca, can, these, can they stop that passing game of Chase Bryce? That's, that's going to be the big deal here because Chase Bryce, you know, obviously the record's not showing up, but he has thrown over 200 yards in every game except one. And I believe that game was that he didn't throw over 200 yards was NC State, which is a top 25 team. So you, you, he's seen talent. He's played against Notre Dame. He's played against NC State. They've played against only ACC teams up to this point. So they've seen a lot of talented defensive backs. They've seen a lot of talented front seven. So it's going to be up to the Charlotte defense to throw a lot of new things at him and really attack him in ways that he might has, has might have not been brought to him to this point. Yeah, you look at uh, some of Chase Bryce's weapons. Jake Bobo has been great this year, 21 catches, 250 yards. Tight end Noah Gray, 24 catches, 237 yards. Jarrett Gardner, wide receiver, 10 catches, 210 yards. He's going to have a lot to throw to. Um, on Saturday, but let's move to the defensive side of the ball for Duke. Linebacker Shaka Howard has 22 solo tackles, 23 assisted tackles for 45 total on the year. That offensive line will have to stop him. That'll be uh, Chris Rumps, the second, 30 total tackles. He'll be the one doing some of the pass rushing for Duke. Also, Marquise Waters, the safety there for Duke, 35 total tackles. And, and you know, he's going to be a threat deep there. Uh, he'll probably get on Victor Tucker and Cameron Dollar. What do you think of this Duke defense? You know, they have some some big players that can make those tackles, that can stop these big plays. What do you think Charlotte needs to do offensively to throw this Duke defense off? I think it's going to be a matter of doing what they've been doing because what we've seen this year has been just pure Bliss when it comes to using the rushing game and using, you know, the Chris Reynolds to his ability. And also they did this, uh, I believe at North Texas, not as much against uh, yesterday, but I think what we've seen is they have used Dom Schaffner, backup quarterback. They've uh, used him in some running, running, running plays. I know, I guess uh, against North Texas that Schaffner threw to Reynolds is like a little uh, Philadelphia special Charlotte style play, if you will. So I think what we're going to see is now we're going to see guys, they're going to throw all these different plays and maybe throw guys like Dom Schaffner into the mix. 
Well, what, what else can you do? I mean, you got to use all your weapons when you're playing a team like this that may be one in five, but they have a lot of talent. You know, they, they do attract bigger guys, stronger guys. And it's going to be interesting to see how Bohealy does with that. And I think another thing is culture, right? Healy's a big, big culture guy. So keeping the, uh, keeping the culture and the mood and bringing your own juice, if you will, is something they've talked about throughout the season. Going into another, you know, another stadium on Halloween night, 7.30, playing on the ACC network, you know, that's a big deal. Just like when they went to App State on a rainy 12 o'clock Saturday afternoon, playing on ESPN, ESPN2, I believe it was. So, you know, keeping these guys ready and juiced up and then also being ready to play a game against a, uh, you know, an ACC team. Yeah, I agree with you. First on conference game for Duke, second for Charlotte. Charlotte played App. This should be Charlotte's second game against ACC opponent this season. Uh, it'll be their first. They go in and play Duke and Durham. Halloween's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Brad, any final takeaways that go in for you this week as Charlotte travels to Duke? What do you hope to see? you have any bold predictions? And let me hear a score prediction from you. Well, I think it's simply we're going to see Charlotte go with the offense. They're going to do what they do best, and they're going to run the ball, and then they're going to pass the ball, and you're not expecting it. And looking at that, I'm going 35-21, Charlotte takes it. And I know it's bold, and I think it's going to be very bold, and I, know, and I see the look on your face. I see it. I see it. But I think we have to understand is the offense is going to be used to their, to their advantage, and Will Healy knows that they're good at and right now they've been doing well on the offensive side of the ball. They've struggled defensively. So there's a little asterisk when it comes to that, uh, that 21 for Duke. Charlotte's going to have to find different ways to stop the passing game because you have a passer, a good quarterback. You have a guy who knows what he's doing. He's thrown over 200 yards. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm going to go with Charlotte to win. And how about you, Bryce, and the close things out? I don't know if 14 points uh, is I, – I, I, wow, that's really bold. Uh, I think Charlotte by three. I think this is going to be a close game. I think Chase Bryce keeps a minute. Uh, but I think Chris Reynolds just does a little bit more. and Charlotte's running game does a lot more. And it gets Charlotte down there with about 30 seconds left, kick a field goal, walk it off. Jonathan Cruz is going to hit it. Um, and so I think, I think that that's fair. I think both predictions are fair. We'll see what unfolds this Saturday in Durham. We're looking forward to it. Wallace Wade stadium. Anyways, uh, we are going to end this first show. It has been a lot of fun. Wouldn't you say Brad? Yeah, you know, a lot of good discussion. Can't wait to get things going. Can't wait for the other two guys to come back next week and talk about the Duke game. Recap that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Halloween night. Don't get too spooky. I hope you have a lot of fun watching the game. Yeah, thank you so much. And this has been the first edition of the Niner Sports Talk presented by Uptown Audio. Once again, my name is Bryson Foster. And I am Bradley Cole. And we will see you next time.